motherfucker, you have a responsibility to speak recklessly. People. Otherwise, my kids may never know what reckless talk sounds like. People like joys of being wrong. I didn't come here to be right. Just came here to fuck around. People like games. That's fucking outstanding. What's up, what's up? And welcome to episode 85, I think. Of People Like Games. I'm Solo. And I'm Lila. And it's Lay Squad in the building. And as per usual, you are tuned in to the best damn podcast in the game. Trademark, trademark, trademark. Pew, pew, let's go. It has been a week. And by a week, I mean seven days. I hope everyone's been well. Uh, Before we jump into the usual show, as we are prone to do, and instead of asking what you've been playing, I am instead going to ask Lilo, did you like any or buy anything from Amazon Prime Day deals? Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, I actually bought a Nintendo Switch case, which I am looking at literally as we speak because I forgot to buy it and I, that was a lie. So I'm going to buy it. I do just remind me. Buy... I need one too. So I'm going to go buy it. <laughs> 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 All right. We should do that like ASAP because this shit's almost over or it might be over by the time we record. Uh, and uh, I did buy a micro US um, micro SD card, 256 gigabytes. $37, U3 capability, which means I can upload and download super fucking fast. Uh, I've already maxed out my Switch 64 gigabyte external SD card that I have, and unfortunately, that's not enough. So, we upgraded. We've upgraded. You? What about you? I did not like any of the deals, not to mention I I didn't really need any of the sort of... I, I feel like it's more of an accessories day, and, you know the best biggest deals aren't necessarily on those sorts of days however i didn't really need anything so i didn't really look however just by a glance nothing really stood out to me it seems like a lot of these sort of major sale days have now sort of more generic and weaker sales and your best bet is to hit alerts for the products you want instead so that you can find it at the best price and not wait for the day that everyone's going to assume that's the best price because that's when it's likely not the best price (laughs) <laughs> that's right instead of going on further i'm going to i'm going to end up jumping right into the plug walk this saturday we do have an event coming up we have rocket league tournament that is car rockets in flight alongside the light baby uh Microsoft team over at the Walt Whitman shops over here in Long Island. We have a whole lot of other shit that we are planning. Actually, we can announce this. We are going to be doing our first ever pop-up shop in August. Oh shit, it's official. It's official. official. I don't know how loud that is. But regardless, it's official. It's going to be cool. It's going to also be in Huntington, which is where the Rocket League tournament will be going on. You can follow one of these following social medias for more information and details as we release it. Twitter at people like games is a handle at Lilo PLG to find Senor Lilo. And that's me. Actually, I think I'm going to make a Twitter soon. So 
Next week, you might even be hearing me say it. Um, I don't believe it. But not yet. You fucking lie to us. (laughs) Yeah, right? I'm I'm, I'm going to raise expectations for a day, and then I'm going to let them down gently next week. And Instagram, at People Like Games. Reddit, r backslash... People like games. That is right. You wow. guessed it. This is this is good. This is good. There's a, there's I didn't a, know like we have so many different names for our shit. It's almost like consistency it. is what we bring to the table. Anyway, consistency is key. People like games.com. That will bring you to our shop where you will find now the best merchandise in the game as well. I need a better way to phrase that. So take that for whatever it is now. Anyway, I'm going to finish that up with this show you are listening to right at this moment can be found on the usual suspects, I suppose. Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, so on and so forth. Be sure to subscribe and leave us some love and comments and reviews so we can pop to the top of these review boards because we're making a push now. So making the push. We're making a push. So. Without further ado, I'm going to kick it over to Lilo for a little bit of the talk, baby table contents. What can you be expecting this episode on the week of the 17th when you're listening to this? Well, for this past week, we're going to give you the hotcakes in the lobby, baby. Uh, The one liners about the industry that kind of says it all. That's all you need to know. We're going to follow that up with the quick scope. Quick scope is the rundown of the gaming industry. Whether it be business or gaming-related news, we just go a little bit more in-depth than uh, than we normally would for the hotcakes. And in this sense, we pick four articles and four stories each that we really want to cover. Got a whole amalgamation of things, topics that if you've been listening to, we are following up on. Follow that shit up with Solo Something or Another. He's going to be talking about something or another. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of rumor mill today. So we're bringing it back. We got a few rumors on the docket for you. People are speculating about the industry. We got Leo's lab in the building. I am doing a deep dive about cheating. It's very, very awesome. And I'm, I'm kind of diving into the mechanisms behind that and how we are anti-cheating, really, how games are. And then we're going to wrap this shit up with the final lap. And the final lap is going to be covering... Awesome, awesome esports Overwatch news, which I think is good, 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 good. So, without further ado, Solo, let's start it out with the hot in the lobby. That idea is terrible. Yeah, I know. I agree. Let's do it. What you got? I am going to get us running with a little bit of news about the Call of Duty League. It is set to get running after the end of L2020, which would be summer next year. Oh, okay. All right. Let me follow that shit up with news about Detective Pikachu, baby. That movie in theaters has officially surpassed Warcraft as the highest grossing video game movie of all time with $436 million. Fun fact. I have not seen it. Um, (laughs) Second fun fact. You did not get my money. (laughs) You did not get my money. Exactly. So... (laughs) Nice try. Anyway, GameStop has decided to renovate its stores, which was a story we covered so long ago. This feels like old news, but it's not, so it's new. Uh, unless you're a listener, because this is now longer than one sentence, unless you believe in run-on sentences. Anyway, they're going to close a couple of their shops and then redesign them as more gaming lounge, esport tournament-oriented uh, areas. 
Called, like Hit it. us up, GameStop. Like we worked together before. Now we need that official sponsor. And in all fairness, we did we did tell you that this is what you should be doing. So it's like you listen to the podcast. Now we're doing it. But all right, last hotcake in the lobby that we got is Amazon Game Studios is partnering with Lee Yu on the Lord of the Rings MMO. If you didn't know, they're making an MMO. Fucking exciting. And uh, they got some some good names in the business. So I'm excited for that. So. Okie dokie. I just want to add finally. Are we going to end up having to Netflix their blockbuster? <laughs> Netflix their blockbuster. I like it. Well, let's take over. Let's take over. So. That's the rest of the hotcakes in the lobby. And we're going to start it off. With... That's right. Double, double. Is the quick scope is a double double. I actually didn't hear solo sound cue, so I kind of uh, thought uh, I took it over. You saw Zombie Land. Ah, oh, what? I don't even know what that means. What? what? It's one of the rules. What? Make sure it's dead. It's one of the rules. Second shot. Wait, well, you said you just uh, haven't seen Zombie Land? Yeah, I have not seen Zombie Land. All right. All right. All right. All right. What's it say? What is there to even right. say to this? I'm actually right, going right, to start a shame campaign um, on social media for you. That's fine with for me. For that. That's fine with me. You know what? Trending. Lilo sucks or something like that. I don't, I don't even know. But let's let's start it off with Quickscope. Let's 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 move on. All right. Uh, I'm actually starting off on a semi-serious, somber note. Okay. Uh, we've talked about at length here before mental health in gaming and how gaming has been getting a bad rep. You know, aggressive games make aggressive people. Not true. Uh, gaming has been classified as a disorder. Right. There is gaming addiction, and that is a real disorder. So that's officially being classified. But the caveat to that, or rather the other side of that equation is people who know that gaming is an addiction and who are trying to break that addiction. So the story I'm going to cover is just there's new studies that are coming out with promising therapy techniques that help people break their addictions to gaming. All right. Um, in a new, well, this is one of the weird facts that I learned from uh, this story is that like there are apparently over 25,000 members of a new subreddit called Stop Gaming that are all about the discussions around quitting gaming addiction and how gaming has ruined your life and how gaming has affected your you know interpersonal relationships and that's sort of the definition of what an addiction does. So in this interesting, interesting study that was conducted on patients in Austria and Germany, um, they used cognitive behavioral therapy that was actually modified from gambling disorders to adjust gamers' behaviors and they had different patients from ages ranging from ages 17 all the way up to 55 and they address their gaming behaviors i guess you'd say apparently in both well in the um blind study the control group only had 17 people say that they were in remission from gaming addiction but in the actual cognitive behavior therapy group they said apparently like 70 percent of members invoked uh said that they were in remission from gaming addiction. So it seems like there's some promise with this. The next steps in this research that is ongoing over there in those countries is to prescribe drugs to stop addiction. And it seems like they're taking very much the same path towards gambling addiction as they would with, I mean, video game addiction. And it's similar mechanics, right? It's the dopamine response. Your brain just wants that reward and that's what people can't fight. And uh, they're, they're 
making some good strides in their research towards gaming addiction. And I just wanted that to be on the forefront of the topic before we get into more gaming news, because realistically, it's important to understand if you have a problem, if it's affecting your daily life. That's one thing. There are many people in the world who enjoy gaming. And so, you know, depending on where you are, this could be relevant. Other people, it's not so relevant. Just wanted to let, let you know that it is out there and that people are discussing it. And if you want to check the interwebs, go to stop gaming r backslash stop gaming. Okay, check it out. Solo. And remember, kids, to moderation, moderation, everything in moderation, Sorry. even moderation. Ed, next yep. up, a company that does that. not believe in moderation. It's <laughs> Disney time because That's right. Disney's version of moderation is to be moderately excessive and in aggressive expansion. <laughs> the the, the sun never sets on the Disney empire. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. But regardless, uh, it looks like they have, or not it looks like they have now hired John Drake as the vice president of business development and licensing for games. Drake recently headed up the uh, portfolio strategy and content acquisition team for a little known company, uh, PlayStation. And so he is going to be working with the team to basically license out their uh, IP because surprisingly, whereas with the Marvel films, they brought the production in-house and that was sort of different for once in terms of how they were making movies. According to Bob Iger, who is the CEO of Disney, they believe that their future in video games is going to be more founded in licensing their content instead to third-party developers uh and square enix square enix square enix square enix uh perfect example and i'm sure they use the sales of kingdom hearts 3 as an example for the template that they want to set uh something yep. like marvel ultimate alliance 3 which comes out on friday which we're going to be rocking because even my brother wants to get it and i said it on here marvel ultimate alliance 2 was one of the best games i ever played and now this one's coming out even on this show for e3 i said ultimate alliance looked better than the avengers game uh because it gave a great social element uh to be able to do multiplayer with friends and i think the switch is lacking Local a game multiplayer is probably the biggest yeah. thing but yeah yeah, yeah. The switch has been lacking a game like that in part I, there hasn't been a game like that around in a while is it on game pass is it on game pass do you know um i don't th i think is it is it not a switch exclusive Oh, is it Switch exclusive? I have no idea. All right, producer. You know this, is, this is a quick Google. Producer. Okay, and so as I was saying, uh, licensing out their content, uh, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, some of that did not work in the <coughs> case of uh, Battlefront 2, which had its own only small, slightly small controversy uh, last year. But regardless, I think it... You're correct. Mm-hmm. Switch exclusive. Sorry, yeah. I had to. Which is just so, yeah. so, the, uh, the good, Black Order. Good for Nintendo. Dun, dun, dun. It's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna play it. Uh, and it's sort of an arcadey game, and it'll work. Uh, anyway, not much to add. I think it's a curious idea. If it sees some success, I'm curious uh, what other companies or, or studios they might work with. Um, Rocksteady. Right. Yeah, but realistically, uh, if you're <laughs> If you're licensing shit out, hit us up, Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo, hit us up, Disney. What up? And Nintendo, too. Fuck right. it. 
I would say before we get into the Apple, or before we become the Apple of Disney's eyes, we uh, could probably hit up this next studio, or this next smartphone maker, actually, in particular, that is uh, doling out money to all these indie developers. So the smartphone Shout maker, Shout out to European Rokit, listeners. Right out, right, right, right. I like, I just I just said whatever you said. Anyway, smartphone maker, Ro. Roke IT has launched a 50 million development fund for indie devs working on both mobile and console games. So they're offering up to 500 or 500,000 dollars per project and they're going to be an That's angel investor as well as a gap investor. I know it kind of is. And so when I'm talking about being the uh, Apple of Disney's eye, you can any aspiring game developer can essentially create a pitch deck and send some games over to them and some send some demos over to them and they will evaluate them with a team of quote unquote veteran industry leaders who are looking at projects and seeing what games really strike their fancy and they can give you some money for it so these guys are serious about game development and it's just another way for you to dip your toes into the industry Build up your resume and then have Disney license out Marvel, Marvel IP to you so that you can create video games for them and make Disney even bigger than it already fucking is. But yeah, that, that's that's all I got. I thought it was awesome. Thought it was fun. I hope that a lot of these funds end up seeing a couple of these companies in the same manner as a. Uh, 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 as artists might like uh, or a head of a label you know to see that through as artist development where certain games may not or certain companies with uh time and investment can become a great one instead of like a quick focus on roi and i feel like these sorts of funds end up giving see, the opportunity. and so that's always cool uh that slow burn that slow build yeah. to make an actual successful product that can last over time versus that quick money grab Exactly. Cash grab. More power to Rokit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, next up, uh, I'm going to just slide into this real quick, which is that Pokemon Go has added a new appraisal system and changed its PvP battle system. I think they had this in the bag already, but at the same time, I'm sure they're seeing a dip in the number of players from uh, those that have been playing Harry Potter Wizards Unite, also Neantic product. Uh, but I'm, I wish it was like statistics that showed this right? shit. Right? That's the shit that we can't find. Can't, we I don't can't think find it exists. They're all it's private all companies. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's all in-house. Like they're, they're analyzing this shit yeah, so on their own. Unfortunately, without that statistic, well. all we have are assumptions based on what seems like logical conclusions. Anyway, the interesting part about all this is, is that there's been a companion app. So I was a Pokemon Go player when they reintroduced Adventure Sync like a year ago. And so I've been playing because the majority of the game is in the eggs, which you sort of walk around and you get like an egg incubator. And you put the egg in and you walk a certain amount and the egg hatches. And it's usually the rarer Pokemon that you might not be able to find just randomly spawning. And so, you know, Harry Potter has a, a similar one to that. But Porkies, Porkies. Porkies, but... The problem with that was that you had to have the game on. They turned, they changed that so that you could just walk at any time and the game would count it. Harry Potter does not do that yet because they don't need to incentivize the players to spend money just yet like they do oh, with Pokemon. Bullshit. But regardless, yep. um, this system was recommended to me by a friend who was a very big 
Pokemon Go person, and they said, it's called Poke Genie. It's a companion app, and what you do is you screenshot pictures of your Pokemon from the game, and you put it in the app, and they give you this IV. And depending on the number, which is from 0 to 100, the higher the number, the stronger the Pokemon is in gym battles. Now they're introducing the exact same system into their own game, which is like, this has been a standing system for a long time, for almost like a year, for them to now just explain it like it's a brand new thing. Uh, yep, 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 yep. Or it's just one of those things insiders know, and now it's sort of being released to the masses, uh, which means that a lot of the IVs are going to change for Pokemon because they ain't telling everyone and then keeping them as strong as they did. But regardless, yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, curious to see how that goes. I've stopped playing Pokemon Go fully. 100% after Harry Potter came out. Why? Why would you say? Because you're a fucking wizard, bro! Yeah, you're and a wizard! If, 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 wizard. if repetitiveness wizard. gets tiring after a while, Pokemon Go has you had four years of that redundancy on and off in my life. Uh, or three years yeah. for as long as it's been out. Uh, whereas Harry Potter still has a newness novelty and it's literally the same mechanics of walking around and doing shit. <laughs> So. It's the new mask, the new filter. Which, by the way, wait for fun. this week where the people hit up a little Wizard Unite on that YouTube. More to come before I say too much right. and then dig my own grave. Now, over to you. <laughs> All right. Uh, next story covers this co-founder of Oculus VR, Jack McCauley, who has recently spoken out about his thoughts on the future of VR. Are and it's not bright. I'll be honest, it's kind of pessimistic. So Oculus led the charge, in case you don't know, for consumer-ready VR when it launched on Kickstarter 2012. Uh, Facebook bought it out, and they bought it out for a fudge ton of money. Like, a ridiculous, like, billions, billions. billions of dollars in there. So they did that, but Macaulay actually left after that merger because he did not agree with Facebook buying them out. Regardless... He has thoughts, and he is not optimistic about the future of VR. He has said in an interview with CNBC that apparently, if VR was going to take off, it would have already take off. AKA, if we were going to sell, we would have sold already. Sales of the Oculus Quest apparently show that he is kind of correct. They've slowed up, and they've only sold 1.1 million units since the release in May. And apparently, Oculus Go headsets were only sold up to 2 million units in their first year of the market. So in comparison, Sony actually sold 17.8 million units of PS4 and he sees that like there is a clear discrepancy in what consumers want and VR is just unattainable right now. And so apparently video games and the 3D experience are not what the people want because they're going to be buying consoles. However, this goes directly against my opinion of VR and I very much think that VR is the next step in gaming future. However, it's just too fucking pricey. It is way too expensive for people to try to jump into this. And you need to buy a good PC on the market as well. Yes, they have standalone consoles and standalone setups, but like, it's just not, it's just not viable, man. It's just not viable. And because of that, sorry, VR is not making the sales. So until that technology improves a little bit and the price drops, yes, I agree with his uh, assessment. However, I don't think there, it shouldn't be taken with a finality, right? I think VR is not dead. I think it's far from it. And PS5, man, it's going to be doing, it's going to be doing that virtual reality shit. Check it out. They got that patent. We did that patent search. So 
those are my thoughts. And Solo was like yawning because he doesn't really care. Uh, no, I was going I to important. say all that I have to add is that we should potentially change the name of this show to just go back a few episodes to hear Solo was right. Uh, I have Solo was right. I've I not believed in VR. VR. I said augmented reality was far more likely to be an immediate success, whereas VR was not dead, and it's immediate because you looked at what was actually happening. Mm, get at, mm, get mm. out of here. Wait, I wish, Solo I wish, right. I, I, you know, what you we're gonna get for next week. We're gonna get a salt shaker because uh, someone get this man some baby Tylenol because he got some high cholesterol. Anyway. Oh. Anyway, 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 anyway. Wicked. Now, on to our last couple of stories. A quick one. Ubisoft's under fire again for partnering with a company called Hit Record. If you're not familiar with it, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's company, The Actor, which allows musicians, artists, etc. to uh, be able to do uh, projects that people put out uh, I guess it's sort of like a freelance spec site, more or less. Uh, and in the company partner together, uh, requesting music and pieces of art for the game that they're going to use uh, inside. And people are upset saying that, hey, it's like spec work demanding that people do free work. And then if they don't do free, if they do the work and they don't get picked, then what do they get? And I'm like, OK, what if they do the work? And OK, I don't really have anything to add other than that sort of silly because <laughs> spec work is the sort of nature of it because if it works god bless if it doesn't and you get to keep the rights anyway which is exactly how a hit record works what did you lose other than nothing and what did you gain but a portfolio edition so quit your bitching and go bitch about something else i don't really have anything more okay that's fair let's stick on that topic though and ubisoft is releasing its uplay plus subscription that they debuted at E3 that I was at. Uh, the library launches this fall with over 100 plus games. Falls in the footsteps of Xbox Game Pass and the origin access that we have talked about at length here. But it's unique because it is also going to be released on Google Stadia because they're the only ones that have partnered with Google thus far. So look out for titles from Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, Watch Dogs, and then a whole bunch of other games that you probably never heard of, but it's going to be debut at 14.99 a month. It's just more money out of your pocket. I I I don't know which one I'm going to use. Like get Game Pass is the one I want to use because you can do that cheat to try to get more Game Pass, but like everything's fucking $15 a month. I can't, I don't got my I don't got that money. Do you got that money? I don't got that money. So physical until I die, right Solo? Amen. Yeah. All right. All right. So now I'm going to close us out here uh, with our final quick scope article. And I'm going to hit you with a decline in Twitch numbers. And oh, no. The reason for that is the decline of Fortnite views. And that's not surprising. Um, Fortnite has I mean the rise of League of Legends, baby. I mean, League of Legends <laughs> is, is just that and Counter Strike have proven the import or their importance. Test of time, you know, test of time. It's everything it's been test years. of time, like we Seriously. had said. Uh, and <clears throat> Fortnite's dipping uh, because I, I look at that game and I'm like, I think last time I played season two, and I, I don't I don't recognize anything I'm looking at. It's so different, so, man. It's so so different. different. And so, <laughs> shout out Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. But anyway. But anyway.
Uh, I am curious to see what this is going to do because it does open up the opportunity for other competitors like Caffeine specifically comes to mind. Uh, and we'll see where that really goes. But uh, I want to see if this bounce with these sort of uh, changes in some leagues uh, and the addition of new leagues like Call of Duty, etc., can lead to a little bit more of a, a boost, or if those leagues end up potentially signing uh, viewership deals with uh, different companies because of Twitch's lag. But regardless, that's for another time and another conversation. That's all we got for Quick Scope. Now, we is moving on to our next article. It's going to be a quickie. It's something or another. It is about one of my favorite companies. You, 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 you already know people. Hey, hey, get it? Too much. Damn it, my coin is not good. No, it's not. Coin. It's a beautiful sound right there. Tencent in the building with probably one of the more innovative uses of streaming technologies. Um, they basically launched a mobile streaming app that will allow you to play your uh, WePlay uh, library on iOS or Apple devices. And so it's basically doing sort of what xCloud is going to be doing or what PlayStation, the PS Play on the go, whatever that one was, uh, and a Valve uh, mobile version as well. So to see them join in, uh, I am curious to see if that ends up denting what the mobile games market is like over in China because one of the biggest issue console makers have had uh, trying to get their games or console games publishers rather would be more accurate description of getting their games popular in China has been the lack of consoles that people are able to afford and so now if you are taking that away and you're saying that hey if you go to your internet cafe and you have your account and now you can stream that onto your mobile device and your sole access is your mobile device now you've sort of opened up the door to allow potentially console play on mobile phones and so now those games have a very large new market uh, by nature of that occurring and so this is an example of like sort of analogous dots connecting and it'll 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 show in like about a, a year or so if this you know ends up becoming well not if when it becomes more popular and more publishers start getting uh games made directly in china but anyway uh that was just worth mentioning uh you know I always love talking Tencent. Hopefully one day we can be sponsored by them. That's for real. (laughs) Tencent, if you're listening, fly us out to China because I've never been and I don't know anyone. (laughs) You don't know anyone who's ever been to China. China. Here, I got one thing to say and my... It's just a funny remark because I'm thinking about America and what we have access to and our privilege in that we say you can't get access to consoles as easily in China and it's just funny because they all have cell phones. And I'm thinking in my head, you pay like a thousand dollars for a fucking new cell phone every year. How can you not get a console? And I realized that maybe not not everyone does in China. And so maybe the, the cell phones are different make, and not everyone's going for an iPhone because that's the only one that's fucking absurdly priced. It's just, I was thinking about that little swirl in my head, and I realized that, uh, man, we lucky, bro. I just we think lucky. of our uh, national motto. 
Get good. Get good. <laughs> get, get, get good, son. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't think that's it. All right, okay. no, no. All right. No, no, no. All right. What time is that? That's right. That's the wrong one. What's she talking about? It's, it's my Lilo's lab time? I thought we were doing rumor mill. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're doing, we're not Lilo's, Lilo's labbing first? Okay. No, nah, man. All right, we're, actually, we see, oh, oh. We're right back on track. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was like, what? What are you talking about? Their, their sound cues are one right on top of the other, and I was looking at it. I'm like, what are you saying? And then I looked at the outline. I blame Flux, which is a wonderful app that no one told me about for years, which dims your screen lighting, so it sort of blended no in. No one told you about Regardless, I'm just giving you the biggest middle finger in the world. It's fine. A quickie, it's fine. I'm going to run with... Bully 2 is uh, likely to be uh, coming out. It has sort of come out in a week in conversation with uh, a Reddit user. And so they're not going to acknowledge it or, or, or they will, but it's going to be just like Red Dead Redemption 2. And hopefully it lands better than Red Dead 2 did. Or maintains better, not lands better. Right. Yeah, it definitely landed very well, maintains better. I would agree with that. Um, okay, let's go to our next one. And it's uh, Torchlight 2 Switch developer hints at a Switch Pro while discussing different porting processes. So in a discussion, uh, in an interview, essentially, they talk about adapting games to the Switch and how the Switch potentially could be getting an upgrade. We've already kind of covered this, but this is more clues and more Kindle for the fire, baby. More Kindle for the fire. And then let's roll with the last rumor, and that is Microsoft is working on a crazy new controller. How do we know this? Patents, baby. But this is a patent from 2017, and it's probably coming through with Xbox Scarlet, and I'm just kidding. This is why it's a rumor. This fucking patent has detachable controller sides. Does it remind you of anything else? Maybe another console on the market right there? They uh, they filed this patent in 2017, probably when they knew the Switch was out and making a shit ton of money, or rather wood. So Nintendo is potentially developing a console that has detachable sides, one you're holding in the left hand, one you're holding in your right hand. Could this be used in Scarlet? Maybe. Maybe not. To be determined. To be determined. But now... That wraps up the rumor mill, and we're rolling over to my... Oh my goodness, it's so good. I'm so excited. Do we even have a sound cue for this? I actually genuinely don't know. It's I don't think time so. to do, 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 Yeah, that's fine with me. Shit, it's I don't know. It's time to do it, baby. I, 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 <laughs> I this, just, I just sense, queued up what I had in front of me. <laughs> I'm doing the deep dive of two competitors against oh, each no, other. Oh, no, I got two it, game I got competitors. it. This aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, there you go. That's, that's good. That's fine. All right. In this Lilo's lab, I am going to be breaking down the differences in cheat detection that is going to be used by Blizzard and Respawn, as well as what articles have come out on the market and rather what journals have done deep dives into cheat mechanisms in games and what they mean and what they could mean for the, the future of games. So... Back in episode 79, we discussed very cheating methods, and I discussed how there are aimbots and wall hacks in different shooters, Counter-Strike being one of the foremost um, cheated games, if you would. There's standardized equipment that they do in esports to try and mitigate any cheating at official, <coughs> excuse me, official events. That includes keyboards that 
you don't allow any USB plugins to and mice that don't have any onboard stored, uh, let's go with runnable executable programs, right? That could be hiding some whatever, hiding some code. There are anti-cheat systems instilled, one in particular VAC by Steam. And anyway, I want to go into what Blizzard has said they're doing what Respawn has said they're doing, and then what's on the market. So Blizzard has apparently developed a proprietary cheat detection technique that's going to potentially stop a match. That's right, stop an actual competitive match if it detects suspicious behavior. So Jeff Kaplan, the uh, director of Overwatch, was pretty tight-lipped when giving the interview, but he gave the update saying that in-house they have tested this uh, new technique and that it is successful and they're experimenting with whether or not they want to stop matches as they're going. You'll, you'll get a little prompt saying that there's a cheater detected in your game and then you go from there. And it's funny because you realize when we talk about this type of stuff, he obviously has to be tight-lipped because if he explains how the detection works, cheaters are going to find a way to get around it. So whatever the case is, if you're a fan of Overwatch, this could be potentially coming down the line. If you're cheating, uh, you will get caught and your match will end. He's made it clear that there will be no penalization for anybody who has been determined to not cheat. If the, if your match ends, it won't hurt your RP, okay? So don't worry about that. But he said, cheaters will be dealt with harshly. Believe that. So that's how Blizzard is apparently approaching the situation. They know it's real, it's ongoing, it's endemic in every fucking online competitive multiplayer game that you have. Shooters being the foremost fucking genre. But Apex Legends, what are they doing? So the studio explained that it's going to use its matchmaking techniques with the cheaters that they've detected and pair them up together. How funny is that? They're going to cast them into their own video game limbo to see which cheater will rise to the top. But uh, Respawn in general is working on a whole bunch of other countermeasures. They're trying to do three-factor authentication in areas or regions with high-risk accounts. So if we're thinking about it, the most cheaters in the world come from, honestly, Southeast Asia and China in general. So three-factor authentication might be instilled on the servers over there. You've got machine learning that's creating behavior models to detect and auto-ban cheaters. Something I'm going to dive into a little bit uh, in a second. And then they're just going to increase resources, or at least they say that they increase resources to the detection of cheating. What does that mean? It means more people or more money and more time spent on researching cheating techniques and being ahead of the curve and making sure that they get that sorted with. To date, there has been over 355,000 cheaters that have been banned from Apex Legends on PC alone, and that's just in March. So consider it's July now, they haven't released any updated statistics, but that's a shit ton of cheaters. And uh, they've reiterated their commitment that they're gonna try to make sure no cheaters exist. So, okay, from that point of view, you see that there's two separate well-known video games out in the market that are dealing with cheating. These are far from the, the only ones dealing with it, right? There are so many games out in the market and so many multiplayer games. Counter-Strike, you've got uh, Team Fortress, just uh, Rust, PUBG, blah, 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 blah. I could list off every multiplayer game and it's probably gonna have cheating, but every company has to do its own things and own has to have its own techniques to mitigate cheating. Did some deep diving on the internet and I found an awesome research article on the American Journal of Computer Science and Information Technology that talked about detecting cheating in computer games using one of our favorite techniques. What is that, Solo? It's data mining methods. So 
reading through this pretty fucking dense, dense journal, uh, I got to the three different techniques that they were talking about. I'm going to try to summarize them for you. So the three techniques that utilize data mining to detect cheating in video games include, number one, you data mine the detection of malicious, malicious ex executable software by searching the actual binary file itself for specific markers. They use different binary markers um, in cybersecurity. If you think about it, there's various mechanisms and various parts of code that are specific to running a program and you can look for what those bits would look like and so they data mine the actual bits of someone's logs and programs on their computer um, they will take those strings found in the binary data analyze them and determine if there's a cheater and that's just kind of crazy so that's one of the techniques number two Behavior-based cheating detection in online first-person shooters using machine learning. This sound familiar? This is what Apex does. This is what almost every shooter or any multiplayer game does. But what do you do? Well, according to the uh, author of this article, right, of this journal, Alexandre Filbert, he said that certain techniques apparently in, infringe in what they consider the privacy rights of the individual. So if I was to go on your computer and check the code on your game, that would be an invasion of privacy. So what they did was they developed more server side techniques, as in they own the server so they can look at that data and you've given up your rights to that data. So they look at that data to determine if you're cheating. Well, <laughs> they've... Uh, they went as far as to create their own game, create their own cheats for that game, create their own mitigations to the cheats of that game. What do I mean? It's like if you make cheats that like auto aim and auto headshots, they make auto miss and slow aim to make detection of your auto aim that more that much more difficult. You can customize how quickly you lock onto someone's head before you shoot them. They did an analysis on all the server logs to compare the timestamps with the individual frames of what they did. And this is really the cool part. They've analyzed, and this is just so mind-boggling to me. They analyzed each frame and they compared your average accuracy, right? Your mean aim accuracy. They compared your hit accuracy. They compared your view direction change. If you're staring in one direction, all of a sudden do a 180 in 0.1 milliseconds, that's impossible. And then you shoot someone in the head, that's indicative of a cheater, right? That's insane. They compared your fire on aim ratio, meaning as soon as I aim at someone, am I pressing the trigger or am I delaying it? Most of the people will wait until they lock onto somebody before they shoot. They compare your file on visible. So as soon as you see a frame and someone pops into view, you shoot them in the face. They compared the time to hit and they compared a whole bunch of other stuff, but they analyzed that data in your server logs to determine cheaters and they were apparently up to 97% accurate of determining cheaters in this game that they made. Yes. What's important about this technique is that this is what games do now and you can detect cheaters both in real time because of the server logs and offline because you can analyze games that you've already played and that's what's huge about that technique. The third one is... It's called malicious sequential pattern mining for automatic malware detection. And what it's looking for is it looks at the executable code on your computer and determines if there's extra code that should not be there. I think that's the best way to sum that up. But it compares all the data with each other. And yes, there's going to be a whole bunch of redundant information, but it filters out the things that look the weirdest things that look like they will have the most actions that are not necessary for the type of program 
and that's how they determine if you're cheating or not. They analyze that kind of code. So those are three separate techniques that were found in the American Journal of Computer Science and Information Technology, detecting cheating in computer games using data mining methods. Data mining is used everywhere. This is just another instance of it helping the gaming industry, right? And you're seeing these techniques being implemented by Blizzard, by Apex, and I don't know, man. I wish I had more details. I could probably spend a whole episode fucking detailing what these specific things are and giving you a visual medium so you can see what I'm talking about. But it's important to understand that not a lot of details can be released because gamers will find a way around them. Rather, cheaters will find a way around those uh, anti-cheat techniques that you've heard of. So either way, don't cheat. Have fun. Sorry about Apex Ranked because there's a prevalent amount of cheaters there. There's just a stupid, stupid amount. But uh, either way, that's all I got for Leo's Lab. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Solo, did you learn anything? I hope you learned something. I learned that a company's culture is so deep that it can run down to the type of technologies uh, and approaches they use to deal with issues that occur. So for Blizzard, it's, you know, very Blizzard-esque to be like, oh, there's a cheater, shut it down, shut it down. Whereas Respawn is like, okay, you want to cheat and have aim lock? Well, now you could only play with people who use aim lock. I bet that's fun. Like... That's kind of awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. I would watch that shit. I would I would actually watch that to see which cheater that came is, out on that, top. That is genius. How do you disincentivize cheating? You frustrate them out of cheating. By cheating, yep, you dis- yep. basically do yourself a do- disservice. And you know who gets a disservice when someone cheats in the Overwatch model? Everyone else. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> congratulations, Blizzard, because uh, apparently you do not think things through because... Uh, It's that time. It's that time. Final ad season. We are talking about the change in the Overwatch League format. That is going to be long awaited, to be frankly honest. Um, yep. I figure it was in the books. that, we knew it. We knew uh, it. you know, a lot of our listeners are not Overwatch League fans per se. There's a lot more. Uh, targeted content for Overwatch users that we might not fit into, but shit happens, so we're talking about it anyway. Fuck it. Now, (laughs) the league is moving into what is a very convoluted version of what a traditional sports league sort of would look like, and so the first two seasons of the Overwatch league has focused in entirely um the Los Angeles Blizzard Arena and all of the games have been out of there regardless of where the teams have been from. And obviously the reason for doing the ge- geographic models was to eventually be able to have the games played there, but it didn't make sense enough to me or I'm sure the league was not generating enough revenue to be able to actually implement something like that. And so now whether they're making enough revenue to do so or not, I think they're making a push to do it. I think, uh, I guess now I'm going to get into it. So if you're not familiar, 
the Overwatch League has thus far for its first two years been structured in stage formats. And so there have been three stages uh, and then a playoffs and a grand finals format. And so with the way that the game is played, the way if you were maybe even new listener, we'll go even to the more bare bones. Uh, games get updates, and so there's changes made to the characters and a, a lot of their mm-hmm. stats, etc. Mm-hmm. Those are called patches. New meta. new meta. And those patches ended up, or those balance patches ended up being timed out in between the stages. And so that was basically one of the reasons for that structure. And so now, with an emphasis on profitability they're taking it on the road and so it's looking like they're scrapping the stage format and they're going to be doing a 52 week uh season that will include traveling around to uh different homestands and different ga- uh countries and games uh which impressive very impressive but regardless uh moving forward and further on that first there's 20 teams now uh making up the overwatch league and so once you take away the stage system and i think it was sort of random was it was there uh i don't think there was a delineation before of what division i think there was like two divisions and they were just sort of arbitrarily grouped together uh i know no it was like it was one big league and they played each other but at the at the end of yeah at the end of each Stage. They had a playoff to no, see. No, no, who I'm was saying was there, there was a conference. There's two conferences in in the Overwatch League. Uh, and so the fact that they are now changing that and turning it into something that is, or actually, no, excuse me. Now they have two conferences. Before they did not have okay, anything. Yeah. Before I they were like, arbitrarily you bunched. confused the shit out of me. Yeah. there. Uh, and they yeah. were bunched together. They played 28 games. Everything was in Los Angeles. And they tried to basically build their brand from a single place. And so now those teams are being divided on a bit more traditional standards. So the Northern Division would be Boston, London, New York, Paris, Toronto. Southern Division would be Atlanta, Florida, Houston, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. Western Division would be Dallas, Gladiators, Valiant, San Francisco, Vancouver. Eastern Division would be Chengdu, Guangzhou, Hangzhou, Seoul, and Shanghai. I believe they did this because they were afraid of the Eastern Division, and so they wanted them to all play against each other. Uh, that's a joke because everyone in the league's Korean. Ha! Ha! ha. Um, <laughs> bring it up bring back. It back! I love it. Bring it up Way back. back. But uh, realistically, so basically uh, it will be divided amongst the four divisions and the goal will be to have 52 homestands over the next year. And by nature of grouping them into their conferences, the teams will be able to play their home games and they'll be able to do some traveling as well. One of the questions I have is... How are they going to do this? Um, There is not a lot of details that have been released as to what is going on. Earlier, a conference call was leaked with images uh, that showed what a tentative schedule was going to look like, but the homestands would end up being the conferences... um, or the divisions in the conferences sort of traveling around to different places. Uh, but it doesn't make a lot of sense because you have everyone sort of incorporated into one place and then you have the Eastern division far off in Bumblefuck realistically. 
Um, right, it right, was right, what right. we had said when they were thinking of expanding, where they had to, they should have put a South American team in or two. It would have bridged the gap between some of this, and so now it's sort of random. Uh, it's I'm not sure how they're going to figure out a way to do all of the logistical operations required because of the foreign born nature of a lot of the players. So if you're here on a visa, then traveling to different countries is a very complicated uh, process and system that it gets into. And if you know, Blizzard's <laughs> response to cheating is shut it down. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> you know, no, actually no, fuck it. Maybe a little bit of offense. Uh, they do not have the sharpest people working there at the moment. Uh, regardless, I don't give a shit. I, I don't even have any Blizzard games, so it's not like I'd be affected. But anyway, that just means that the league is going to be, I don't know, expanding it's worldwide worldwide it's worldwide uh it is going to be worldwide with a big question mark uh in front of it because uh the way that they're operating it is so that the each of the teams are going to be responsible for their own uh venue rental and operations and so that version of it is sort of like an over is sort of like a league but at the same time I don't know what the revenue split is like. And so for the case of professional sports, when you buy in, I guess there's not a lot of buying in in the manner of like this that we could usually use as an example. But yep, yep, yep. Uh, I hear you. Yeah. Do you have anything to add? Because like I haven't played or really done much with Overwatch League in a long time. I think this is ambitious to put it nicely. I do not see this mm-hmm. ending well. I hear you. I think it's going to be a lot of money. Uh, the travel is insane. Obviously, each team is probably going to be expected to do its own travel schedule and whatnot. But just to clarify, it's 52 homestead homestand weekends. It's not 52 weekends in general. It's just that there will be 52 weekends hosted by these individuals. Each team is going to play 28 matches over the regular season from February to August. And then you're going to be doubling up on different weekends. So it's like there'll be multiple homestands on multiple weekends just in different locations for different teams does that make sense so like combined it will be 52 total it's not like they're playing 52 weeks in a row because that would just be fucking insane but you're right there was two divisions initially in the overwatch yeah, league yeah. the atlantic like and pacific North but and... now there's two conferences okay yeah and the two conferences have four divisions so i was right the but just like and right. yeah in a different way yeah so now the Atlantic Conference has a North Division and a South Division. The Pacific Conference has an East Division and a West Division. So West Division is everyone in Los Angeles and Dallas and Vancouver. East Division is obviously everyone in the Far East, all the Chinese and Korean teams. You got the Atlantic Division North is Boston New York. Right? <laughs> and then the South Division is everyone in the South of the United States of America, which we understand. Uh, um, ambitious, agreed exciting yes twitch viewership confusing playing into local markets fucking great idea and i mean i'm not worried about the pacific conference east division because i know that asian people are going to show up to watch every single match (laughs) right i'm worried about the florida mayhem in the south division because no one's going to florida to watch that shit I'm, i'm worried about uh 
I mean, the Los Angeles teams are going to be fine. Dallas Fuel, maybe. Vancouver Titans, not sure about the Vancouver scene and how you know big. I'm curious to see what the numbers are. All right. The reception in the stadiums Owl and teams, what the show. Invite us out. Let us spec out your shit, and we'll give you a rating. That'd be actually kind of awesome. That would be sweet. Like, what's the best venue versus who has the best fans, realistically? Exactly. Like, what areas are actually... Who has fans? That's almost... <laughs> who has fans? Yeah. Who, what's indicative of the gaming scene in that fucking city? It's like, how many people show up to your owl fucking league? Let's find out. Because viewership, fortunately, can go anywhere at any time because that's the nature of the internet. Show up like, to the local Applebee's with a bunch of angled no iPhone one cameras. One <laughs> that's fucking hilarious oh, but fuck. ambitious yeah I, I think you, you kind of nailed the head you hit the head on the nail there you go and uh just it, we're gonna see how this fucking plays yeah. out um, Let's see how I'm plays excited out. to play it out just because it's like when you have the 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 potential for, for spectacular failure is is risk <laughs> and I'll be honest I, I oh, respect the risk but Yes, exactly. That you you have to be you have to understand what type of risk you're taking, and large corporations of that manner usually don't take risks like this because of the bureaucratic requirements uh, of the logistical execution. And but it's going to be more. a spectacular failure. <sighs> <laughs> They're the first one, man. They're the first one that we care about. Counter Strike does this already. But Blizzard can do it in America, and that's the difference. There's and no so comparison. So I'm excited to see that happen. If, can, can, if, if, over, if the way Overwatch saying. League runs their shit, as or Overwatch is, you know, compared to Counter Strike, putting them next to each other just shows how out of its class sort of Overwatch League really is. For now. For now. But Don't get me wrong. Everyone can approve, but you need not whoever's running the ship at Blizzard. Anyway, I have nothing more to add. We ran a little bit longer than expected, but... Congratulations! It's on the house. Hey! Now, Lilo, take us home. Yo, another episode in the books. We're getting closer and closer to season three, and thank you for sticking with us for that long. It's been wonderful. Hope you picked up a whole bunch of fun stuff from the Amazon Prime Day, and if not, uh, sucks for you. Sorry, nerd. But uh, Nerds. be on the lookout if you're on Long Island. Go to the Rocket League tournament, Microsoft Baldwin Mall. Here. Check it out. And buy and, our uh, shit, merchandise, pop-up shop, all that it's, shit. It's all on Long Island, baby. Just be sure to check it out. Thank you again. Tune in next week for more fun games. I won't go.